This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. All right. Hey, so I was listening yesterday to uh, Brian Kilmeade's very popular nationally syndicated radio show. And a lot of the things that he does are are very popular. The books that he writes tend to be bestsellers. The uh, morning show that he co-anchors is the most watched morning show in cable. And a lot of days it beats the the broadcast networks as well. And uh, his show on the weekends is just tearing it up. But I was absolutely fascinated because I tuned to the Brian Kilmeade show yesterday and heard this. Welcome back, Brian Kilmeade Show. Just wanted to go over some of these numbers. Um, new poll numbers from NBC shows Biden with a huge lead over Trump in the general. I mean, this is just extraordinary. So I've been meaning to do this for a long time. And I just want to say, I think I have the best chance to beat Joe Biden in 2024. So today for my radio audience, I'm announcing my candidacy for the 2024 presidential race. I'm just kidding. This is an AI generated voice. Back to you, real Brian. Do you have anything to announce? Also, hi, Martha. That is an AI-generated Brian Kilmeade. Now, we have the real, so I'm told, uh, Brian Kilmeade joining us this morning. Hello, real Brian. What's going on? What do you think about that? I think the, the AI, Brian, may, may, may put you out of a job or give you a chance to sleep a little bit more. I know. Can you believe that? I mean, I had no idea they were doing it. They just said, Brian, we're coming back with something. So they generated that against my will. So my staff is turning on me. So that's another thing that's pretty clear. I don't know if you ever saw the movie Multiplicity, but the the, the guy I in did. that film, Michael Keaton, he's almost as busy as you, and he creates clones to um, you know to be the the work guy, the home life guy, the social guy. I'm wondering if you could use AI that way. Could you have if you're if you got a lot going on, can you have AI host One Nation? Can you have AI host your radio show I, I don't want the answer to be yes <laughs> i mean that that would be pretty bad because why why are you paying us when you could just artificial uh, artificially generate us I honestly think it is pretty scary. There's uh, another personality <laughs> that uh, in another market, uh, I think it's a, a, a DJ, who is they're using her voice as the basis for un- doing her another day part. She's going to remain live in the day part she's on, and they're just going to duplicate her using AI. It's definitely, it's no longer the future. It's, it's here. It's very, it's very frightening, very intimidating. I mean, they're behind closed doors now in Congress trying to come up with some rules because, you know, some of them are doesn't matter how space age they are. They go without saying, I mean, you can't make Frank Brano's voice and go hold up a bank and you can't without your permission put you put your voice or your likeness all over the Internet claiming making all types of claims. I mean, that's still illegal, even though it's a space age. This is fundamental. You can't impersonate somebody in music. You just can't decide to do Drake, uh, uh, Drake and uh, what was it? Uh, and Saturday, what was that? Um, you know, oh, the I, weekend. I, excuse I, me, right? The weekend. <laughs> uh, the weekend. The yeah. weekend. You can't do that. I mean, obviously that stuff is illegal, but they do have to understand it in order to regulate it. Uh, 
We're seeing it in politics now as well. I mean, you saw the controversy over the DeSantis ad creating that AI image of of uh, Trump and and Fauci. I mean, it, this is uh, this is going to be with us for for some time. And the way the technology is advancing, I don't know where we're going. It's uh, it's wild. Hey, uh, l- let me ask you about this uh, situation involving Christopher Ray, the director of the FBI. He testified before Congress yesterday. Got some uh, got some pretty tough questions from Republicans on the Trump investigation, on surveillance, on a bunch of other things. How did you think uh, Christopher Ray handled himself? You know, listen, I'm doing the show at the same time, so I'm dipping in and out, and we're pulling cuts while I'm on the air, listening to it in real time. I was could not be more disappointed. I mean, there are things that, see, that have had taken place when he's been there since 2017. The whole Twitter files exposed by Elon Musk. Why did these guys not do more with Matt Gates said? He had the verbatim of, I'm sitting here next to my father. And my father basically going on that CEFC officer and say, you better pay up. And that is obviously Joe Biden sitting there and Hunter Biden using his dad as leverage. And whether Joe Biden was there or not is something that should be followed up on. But if you look at what Matt Taibbi even had and Michael Schellenberger, they have the FBI calling you know, thousands of times demanding that small accounts be taken down or shadow banned. And, well, we don't ban anything. Well, you called up an executive at Twitter and says, I would need this down. What do you expect them to say? You owe million dollar checks to people to uh, go into background uh, on certain people and and get rid of them off social media, off just the one outlet we saw. And then what about this? On October 19th, you found out that the laptop was real, but yet you allowed this investigation to flourish the New York Post to be frozen and for anyone to retweet the Post story to be banned and their account suspended, knowing for a year that that was real. Did you come? Did you call William Barr, who was the Department of Justice and say, listen, we, we got a huge problem. This guy running for president might be selling his soul and doing international business deals and leveraging his contacts and running for president at the same time. Did you do any of that? I mean, well, we don't know. There's not. No, no. Did you do? We didn't get any of that specific. And the Twitter files gave you specifics. You said, Christopher Ray, that you were only focusing on foreign intrusion into our election. That is just not true. And we proved it. And if it wasn't you... Who was it and what happened to them? What about Marcus Allen and the other whistleblowers that sat there for hours and talked about the corruption at the FBI? Where were the verbatim playing back besides their own personal security and them being fired and demoted, which is illegal? Whistleblowers should be protected. But what about what they said? Instead, I saw way too many rants and monologues. All right, I'm going to count that as a thumbs down on Christopher Ray's uh, performance. <laughs> Could not be more disappointing. And by the way, Chris Christie was happy with him, and Chris Christie got him nominated. He called up uh, Donald Trump and said, "I got this great guy who was my lawyer, and he would be a great person that you can trust." And I have not seen it. I've seen a master politician saying generic things about law enforcement. I mean, that's my observation as well. And I was skeptical of Ray uh, from the beginning, Uh, although Andrew McCarthy yesterday had some uh, positive reviews of his uh, of his testimony before Congress. Since you bring up Chris Christie, Chris Christie, he'll uh, be my guest today, by the way. Oh, uh, on uh, television and radio or radio specifically? Radio. Right. See, so much of his candidacy, and I know you've probably raised this with him before. If not, maybe maybe this will come up today. 
so much of his candidacy is about uh, being critical of Donald Trump. And a lot of people would would call it just trashing Donald Trump. Now, he was the first candidate to um, or the first governor to back Trump in 2016. He served on the transition team. He served on as opioid czar. He helped coach Trump for the 2020 debates. It was not as if all this behavior that he's complaining about Trump being involved with now was invisible over the course of the last seven years. But it seems like when he was benefiting from it, he had no problem sort of looking the other way on some of Trump's more uh, egregious conduct. I guess my question about Christie is, does loyalty count for anything with him? I know people always ask that of Trump, but loyalty is a two way street. Trump did give him a lot of opportunities, clearly took his recommendation for FBI director. Who knows what other jobs as well? And yet he's now not only running against him, but going out of his way to trash him all over the place. Can you see how that might not look great with some folks? Absolutely. Yeah. And he said that. He, he, you know, John Bolton was supportive and he could not be a bigger critic. But the one thing that Chris Christie would say is that the thing that he was able to overlook those other things until he saw him deny the election and thought in the big picture, this is hurting the country more than anything else. I can't be on board with this. And he wouldn't get a couldn't get a call back on January 6th when he tried to call and say how bad this is. Do they realize how bad it is? And he couldn't get a call back. And then he said. The, then he came to the conclusions he came to, and you watch him on ABC, and he's a great commentator. He's really one of the. I was pulling sound bites from him every weekend, but you know he could tell he was he was off the Trump train. Oh, absolutely, no doubt about it. Speaking of the presidential race, every day I see a different article about uh, how DeSantis's campaign is over, about how it's disappointing people, about how even Fox has turned on him. At this point, do you see any hope for a DeSantis comeback? Absolutely. I think they're over the fact that he hasn't budged in the polls make people turn around and say how bad he is. It's uh you know, I, I think the Yankees are 38 and 31, whatever it is. But they still have a whole season they have to play. Anyone who counts them out doesn't understand that how many moves can be made. I think the analogy works. I don't think he's made as many mistakes. Uh, people wouldn't even be looking at him if he was gaining in the polls. Uh, so they'd be like, well, what a, what a good job. What a steady lead. But they see that there's no gain in the polls. And they say, well, there's got to be something wrong with the candidate. Now, I think in the big picture, the six-week abortion ban, many people listening would say they love it. But most of the country is not there. Uh, I don't think the Disney fight hurts him. I think he makes him look better every day as, as Disney sucks wind. And you see their parks down to a 20-minute wait for rides in the middle of the summer when they're most popular. So... I, I don't have a, a problem with it. I think his wife is fantastic, and that's how you know she's fantastic being attacked. I just think that Trump has dominated the, the news cycle because of the controversy with the courts. And when you come out, you have a choice. Do I talk about how, how bad Trump is and alienate his base, or do I say how corrupt the situation is? And when I say that, it gives Trump more fuel. So I don't know if there is a road that he is not taking. I think he's waiting for it to appear, and I can't criticize him because I've never seen anything like this in my life. I have not seen a cohesive, coherent way to from the right to hurt Trump. 
You're going to go criticize the wall in the swamp? That is a dry hole. Everybody knows that Trump did everything possible on the wall. Everyone knows he did everything possible on the swamp. Made huge gains. You know, you want to attack him on Vladimir Putin? Okay, go ahead. I just don't know how many, and I think that's legitimate. Mike Pence, Nikki Haley, a very different policy. Yeah, it's policy. a substantive policy difference, yeah. sure. But I just don't know if that gets you 30 points. So it's just July. I, I think, Frank, if it's September... Right. And he's and Vivek Ramaswamy and he are neck and neck in second. I would think that it's going to be really tough to imagine without legal situations forcing Trump out that he gains. But I don't think he's nearly as bad as everyone says. Since you reference Vivek Ramaswamy, we're seeing some novel strategies to qualify for the first RNC debate, which is, I believe, on Fox. And several candidates have already qualified. Trump hasn't said whether he's going to participate. DeSantis has qualified. Tim Scott has qualified. Nikki Haley has qualified. So there, you have to get 40,000 donors. And in order to get the 40,000 donors, some of these candidates are imploring some very unique strategies. You have Ramaswamy, who is giving anybody that raises him money. 10% of whatever they raise. You raise him a grand, you get 100 bucks. Doug Bertram, the governor of North Dakota, is giving a either a 20 or a $25 gift card to any donor that gives him a dollar, which if they only give a dollar, that will have his campaign, uh, and he's a billionaire, but he can afford it, that will have his campaign shell out $950,000 worth of gift cards. So what do you think of this strategy? Is this going to work? I mean, it's not, it's not, was not how the whole qualification was meant to be. But what I love is Vivek Ramaswamy is the ultimate capitalism. And they always tell you about sales. Give me a product. If I could sell, I'll do it. My product moves and you get the commission. So people are out there going, you know, I just need some extra money. Well, I'm going to wait tables. I could drive an Uber or I could call up 50 of my friends and donate to Vivek Ramaswamy. He's going to give me a commission. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, they're going to tell me I wouldn't do I'd do that in a second. To make extra money, I was waitering on the side, doing everything possible in Los Angeles. If I, if I thought, uh, you know, that they, this guy would pay me and, I'm, and there's no way he wouldn't, he's got the money. He's, I think he's close to a billionaire. So I'd be out there doing it. Hey, guys, just give me five bucks. Give me 10 bucks. Give me 20 bucks. And then he's giving them commission on it. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, I may uh, donate to Doug Bertram for just for that uh, twenty-five dollar gift card. I, I could certainly use that. Hey, but but then again, I'm not sure WABC really wants you donating. To I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure they probably I mean, don't. That's for sure. Hey, um, one of the people that gets still talked about as a presidential candidate. Even though, as Yogi would say, it's getting late early. Well, I guess there's two. You have Brian Kemp in Georgia, but Glenn Youngkin in Virginia. You were the first person that I heard, and this is going over back over a year ago, mention him as a prospective candidate. He is now launching a an initiative to have Republicans focus on early voting and mail-in voting and mobilize Republicans to do those things. I think this is long overdue for the Republicans, quite frankly, and I think not having an operation like this really hurt Trump in 2020. Where do you see this going, and do you think this is an indication that he's leaning towards a run? Well, uh, Winsome Sears, too, his lieutenant governor, was on with me on TV yesterday and I'm going to definitely make that part of the show today. I think it's smart. I don't think it's good for the country to have election season. You, I'm sure you don't either. But if they're going to continue to do it, how long are you going to sit on the sidelines and hold your breath? 
So get involved. I like it. I, I like it. I know who else is doing it. Charlie Kirk. Uh, he, his whole organization is out there recruiting people to register and vote early. So they're playing the game. How can it hurt? It hurts the country because you're going to be voting and you don't know if their Hunter's laptop's going to be found. The October surprise might rule you out because 45 days prior to the election uh, or the last debate. You might, you know, I don't know if they're going to do. I remember people could vote in the summer prior to the last debate, which I hope they adjust the debate season. So and, and it could hurt you if you, you know, if you were Barack Obama and blew the first debate and then the early voting allowed you to vote. I'm sure Romney would have just cleaned up. But Republicans said, we're going to win Election Day. And they kept they keep losing elections. So it's a great idea. Hopefully it's well executed. Uh, the micro targeting uh, was uh, first done by Howard Dean. And now everyone's done it better. Republicans have yep. done it better. And now the Democrats are getting better at it. So we'll see where it goes. All right, Brian, we're going to have to leave it there. Catch him on Fox and Friends this morning. Listen to his uh, nationally syndicated radio show, which will feature Chris Christie today. And catch him on uh, Saturday night on One Nation. Thank you, Brian. Go get him. And uh, that was not artificial intelligence. That was natural intelligence, for better or worse.